Hey, what's up? It's the Dinner Road Show, episode 79. It feels like I have not recorded in a longer span of time than whenever I brought the show back for season three, but it's only been like three weeks, four weeks since I recorded, which was not the goal. It was not the goal to take some weeks off here as after I established a schedule, then fucked up the schedule and then really fucked up the schedule. But that's what happened. And I would like to sort of explain what happened to the schedule. Um, and I want to do that and explain some other things in a segment that was really about my sort of descent into my own mental state. But now it can also be an exploration of my physical state in a segment I like to call Mountains of Madness. So let's get that going. Mountains of Madness. Fantastic. So uh, the schedule got screwed up because I had to record on a Monday, and then I added some extra parts to an episode, and then that episode didn't get out until a Friday, whenever episodes are supposed to go out on Wednesday. So that shifted the schedule. Then I was going to get back on schedule. Um, I was going to have a guest on for the show, and so then I was also going to record again on a Monday. Uh, Whenever that Monday rolled around, I had suddenly unbearable tooth pain uh, in the back of my mouth with a uh, like near my wisdom teeth and that was fun because I thought my wisdom teeth had already come in all the way and I thought that they were done and I didn't have to do anything about them Uh, and I apparently severely miscalculated that whole situation uh, because I I despise dentists and dental work and that whole thing because I had never had uh, any kind of good experience with them as a child it was quite miserable every single dentist I ever went to as a kid um they were not they were not nice to me and in turn I was not nice to them I uh I don't appreciate their profession really um I'm sort of an anti-dentite and um yeah like when I was a kid I had just dentists just fucking yelling at me constantly whenever I would go for just existing like I wouldn't actually do anything They would put shit in my mouth and like I would gag and choke and start to puke. And it's like, I don't know what you want me to do about that. I'm having a reflex to the shit that you're doing. I can't help that. And I guess it was because I was a kid or whatever. And so the most they would do would be give me the laughing gas and it wouldn't really do much. It would just make me smell bubblegum, you know? And so they would stick all the shit in my mouth and I would gag and... Uh, so I had one dentist that just like couldn't deal with it and like kicked me out of the office. And so that was fun. That really made me want to go to the dentist as a kid, um, being told that I can't have just like regular teeth cleanings because this, this fucking guy didn't want to fucking be in my presence. So that was cool. And then I went to like a, a, like a, I don't know, pediatric dentist or whatever. And the, the, they're not nurses or oral hygienists. Uh, it would be the same story over here where they would put all the shit in my mouth and then I would just gag. I would just like start to puke and everything. And I'm I'm sorry if this is too much information. Uh, You might be eating while you're trying to listen to this. And I apologize for that. That that was another miscalculation on my part. It's just swings and misses over here. I'm I'm like, I'm playing for the Pittsburgh Pirates. And, um, but, but, and, and, and at the pediatric place, they would like, they weren't trying to be nicer about it. They were trying to be underhanded about it where they would whisper to each other, and they would say, oh, he's a G-A-G, as if I couldn't spell at that point uh, because I was in maybe like fifth grade. So I was like, what, 10, 10 years old. And so I could spell a three letter word, especially one that's a palindrome. So they couldn't really sneak it past me that they were talking about me in front of me. 
Um, so I, dentists, me and dentists don't get along whatsoever. And like, I would, I would try to take care of my teeth. You know, I, I do the electric toothbrush. I do the mouthwash. I do the flossing. I try to take care of them on my own. And that's what I've done. Um, and the wisdom teeth that came in, uh, while I was in college and I was in college out of state and, you know, I had the associated pain with that and I just fucking dealt with it because it was just another pain on top of the, my other associated ailments. What was one more thing? And they came in, I think, I thought they came in like in line, you know? And so I was just like, well, it's fine. I just got extra teeth now. And, uh, and again, this is also going to get too much information. So brace yourselves for that. But, um, like a few years ago, I, I don't know the timeline here. The top ones that after they came in just like broke apart and, but there was like no pain associated with it. They just sort of like fell away. And I was like, okay, cool. So now I definitely don't have to deal with them because they're gone now, except for one that still had a sliver. And I was like, well, it'll probably also fall away at some point and I won't have to deal with it. Uh, and again, just another severe miscalculation. So this was last Monday. I had just, just incalculable pain, uh, in my, in the back of my mouth and then swelling going on where I was just, I could not, uh, even think straight, let alone do anything. Uh, and so I had like an ice pack on my face and, uh, trying to then find a dentist that would, that was one open and that would two see me and take my insurance was apparently some kind of gargantuan task that I did not think would happen. Like if you tell them that it's an emergency basis, that apparently means very little, even if they have like some sort of emergency protocol, like on their website or on their phone thing, it means very little. Uh, you still have to make like an, a regular ass appointment. And uh, I kept calling places that were just fucking closed in like the middle of the week. Like I was calling on a Wednesday and like, like in the morning, all these dentist offices were fucking closed. And it was just such a bizarre thing. It's like the middle of March, middle of the week, all these dentist offices are fucking closed. And I, and I'm in unbearable pain. And I'm just like, well, like, fuck you guys. Like, like the, the one time I need you guys, you're not even open or available. And it, it was very frustrating. I was literally going through my insurance provider to find dentists that would accept my insurance. And like, these people aren't even picking up the phone. It was, it was miserable. It was very miserable. Um, so long story short, <laughs> over the weekend, I had to have a tooth pulled, the, the wisdom tooth, I guess the roots that were still in there, uh, got infected and it needed to get pulled. And so I am down a tooth that I didn't really have anyway. There was not much left of it. Um, and it still kind of hurts, but it's tolerable and I need to get an episode out. And I had these, I have, I have too many notes. In fact, I have far too many notes. And so that's where we are currently. So let's do a show, shall we? This is going to be a little bit of a different show. I'm going to, if I didn't scare anybody away with the, you know, dental talk, then I'm definitely going to scare them away when I get into the Final Fantasy 14 discussion. But let's do a, an extended Moogle. Okay, so I had planned to do this with my Eorzean correspondent, but they're, of course, too busy, uh, and I have far too many notes. So uh, if you don't care about Final Fantasy XIV, I'm sorry, this isn't the episode for you, but I need to, I need to rant about this. Uh, and it, it, the game has reached a sort of boiling point for me 
where my frustration has just gone over the edge. And so I have organized my thoughts into a uh, calling it a manifesto might be extreme, but I've organized my thoughts and I would like to explain them. So this all came to a head with the most recent Final Fantasy XIV patch, 6.35. And within it, all on the whole, it's a fine patch. But the fact is, is that we waited so long for it and there is truly not enough content in it. And the issue is that we are basically saying that with every single patch that comes along. And the biggest issue with this patch in particular is that this was supposed to include the next step of the relic weapons, which are the generally uh, big grinds that we work towards for a, a cosmetic weapon that looks quite nice and usually has stats that are uh, n not the best of the best because the raid weapon, they never have it go better than the raid weapon for annoying reasons, uh, but it's good for alt jobs and things like that. So it can still be useful in some circumstances, um, but it's mostly for the cosmetics and it's something to do. The issue with the 6.35 relic weapon step was that it was a tombstone turn-in. And what that means is that you do a little quest and then you exchange the rep the weapon for tombstones, which are a currency that you get for just playing the game. Uh, the way I sort of described it is like, it's like buying a weapon for just like accrued interest just for playing the game. Uh, as long as you are doing content at level 90, you will get this currency and it's not necessarily something you are working towards. Um, and so this was hugely disappointing because one, uh, it's the exact same thing as the first step down to the number of tombstones required. And two, it's really fucking lazy and it doesn't change the way that we're playing the game in any meaningful capacity. So it was basically like you log in, you do the little quest, which you only have to do once, by the way. You don't have to do the quest once and then you just buy your weapon with the tombstones that you already had because you were saving them up for nothing, really. So you bought your weapon and then you could just log out and that was it. Um, and also the weapons look like shit, but that's a it's subjective, but they look like shit. Um, so that was hugely disappointing because we waited. I don't even know when the first step came out. It's been many, many months Um and the way this usually works is that this is the second step and the second step introduces the grind. Uh, sometimes the grind is obnoxious. Sometimes it's not too bad. It depends on what they decide to do. And this time they decided to to do nothing with the relic weapon. And th this is when my frustration was like, well, fuck, there's literally no content in this expansion is like what I said. Like there's there's nothing to do. There's fucking nothing to do. And there is an issue in this community and the way that discussions about the game go where it's like, oh, well, you can just take a break. You don't have to play. The game doesn't make you play every single day. You don't have to keep up. There's no FOMO. You're not going to miss out on anything. And, you know, that that's what the devs even say. And th this is a fucking fallacy. This is this is a bullshit excuse. Because what if you want to play the game? What if you don't want to take a break? There's nothing for you. And this is not even if you have finished like all the content or whatever. This is whenever you have hit endgame. Whenever you finish the main story in Endwalker and you have hit level 90, there's nothing for you to do. The only thing left for you to do 
is to do your daily roulettes. And that is it. But you've been doing those anyway to level up. You've been doing that anyway. To get your relic weapon, you are going to do your level 90 quote unquote expert roulette every day. The same two dungeons that we've been doing for six months. And the only reason why they're the same two dungeons is because after Stormblood, they decided that every patch would only introduce one new dungeon instead of two. We've been getting less and less content since Stormblood, but nobody likes to admit that. Nobody likes to admit that. So in Stormblood, we got two new dungeons per patch. We got two ultimates. We had an exploratory zone in Eureka. We had a deep dungeon called Heaven on High. We had every single piece of endgame content. And now we never know if we're going to get ultimates. Luckily, we got two this time. We only got two because one was delayed. We're technically still owed an ultimate fight because one was actually from Shadowbringers. We're technically still owed an ultimate fight. We do not get as many dungeons as we used to. This time, we did not get an exploratory zone. We did get a deep dungeon. But it's like they pick and choose which one we get now. Back in Stormblood, which was two whole expansions ago, two whole expansions ago, we had our cake and ate it too. Plus, we had better job design in Stormblood. And it's and it's bullshit that people use the COVID excuse for Shadowbringers. The COVID excuse is only applicable for delaying the ultimate. That is the only thing they said it affected. It delayed the ultimate and it delayed the launch of Endwalker. Those are the only two things they have gone on record to say that it affected. We knew ahead of time we were not getting a new exploratory zone. We knew ahead of time. And then people are okay with it. The fact that we're getting less and less content each expansion. They, they have so many unused systems or like half used systems. So like we have Unreal Trials now. So Unreal Trials are older fights that are now synced up to level 90. So like these are fights from uh, A Realm Reborn and Heaven's Ward that are now uh, sort of buffed to be done at uh, level 90. And it's great. It's a great system on, on paper, right? Uh, and they're fun to do because they, instead of like you trying to sync and match your gear in order for it to be challenging, it just sort of does it on its own, right? The issue is that we get one per major patch. And whenever they introduce a new one, they take the other ones away. So we're stuck doing that one for six months or however long until the next one. And then when that next one comes out, they take away the other one. Fucking why? Why aren't these on a rotation system? Why aren't why isn't this like weekly? Especially because the rewards are weekly. Why don't these rotate? You made these fights. You sync these fights up. What? Why is it like this? It makes no fucking sense. You made this system. Why aren't you using it? And don't give me the gear excuse because the gear is synced down to be artifact gear, which is what you get whenever you first complete the story, basically. So you don't need gear to do it. It sinks down to base gear. You don't need gear. It's a great system. You can get in fresh people that have never done the fights before that just reached level 90, basically. It's great. It's a great fucking system. But we're doing the same fight for six months. But you made other ones synced. So why don't you just rotate them a little bit? It's just wasted effort. Like, like it could be like, the, there's like a, there's a PVP rotation where Every day the map rotates. And so I, I don't really PVP, but this is the conversations that I hear. It's like, oh, what's the PVP map today? Oh, it's that one. I don't want to do that one today. It's like, oh, it's this one. Oh, yeah, let's fucking go. It could be the same thing for the Unreal system. What's this week's map? Oh, it's Sophia. Let's fucking go. Or it's like, oh, it's Titan. I don't want to do Titan. We'll wait. Like you can, it, it's, it's a fucking group activity in a game that's trying to make shit more solo for no reason. Along those lines, let's talk about fucking Criterion Dungeons, because holy shit, or I guess the Variant Dungeons, because they had to give that shit multiple fucking names. So this was supposed to be a new type of dungeon that they released that would have multiple paths that you can take so you could go through and see something new each time. Sounds fucking great. Sounds cool. Uh, 
And it kind of is. It's a new kind of dungeon because the regular dungeons in the game are super fucking linear. And the ones from A Realm Reborn that weren't super linear, well, they've, they're now updating those to be like a straight fucking line anyway because it was too confusing for people. They didn't know which paths to take. And there's always an optimal path, so they're just making them a straight line anyway with hard stopping points. And dungeons are all basically the same now is my point. So this sounded really cool. And then they were going to have difficulty tiers because we don't really have difficult uh, four-person content aside from Deep Dungeon, but that's a whole other story that I can get into. Um, so this sounded really, really cool. And we're all excited for it because it's like this is a new system, new content. But we had to wait until, what, 6.2 in order to get this. And then it hit and there's no rewards for it at all. There's no reason to do it. It doesn't drop gear at all. There's no gear drops. There's... I don't even think it gives gold. Like it doesn't it doesn't give cash. Like there's 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 literally no reason to do it. So you do it once just to say that you did it and then you're done. The higher difficulty is even more insulting. There's a title associated with it, but whatever. There's some kind of mount. I don't even know what the mount looks like, but you have to uh clear it 25 times to get the mount. It's like who fucking bought like cares? And then it drops a currency that you can exchange for materia, which is a slap in the face because you could do one hunt train and get 10 times the amount of materia from clearing one of these fucking dungeons on a very hard difficulty. Like what? And then the normal difficulty is easier to do solo than it is in a group. How does that make sense? The scaling just doesn't make sense at all. Like I just did it in a four person party the other day for the first time because I hadn't cleared all the routes because I was like, well, if this is all we're gonna fucking get, I'll take my time with it. And my sister did the same thing. So we're like, yeah, let's, you know, let's try to clear this now. Um, and it was more difficult with four people than it is just soloing it. So if you're going through all these different routes and people's routes that they took didn't match up with what they need to check all these little boxes, it's actually more efficient to do it by yourself than it is to do it with friends. How insane is that in an MMO? That ju it just boggles my mind the way that they're designing this shit. Like, wh like why is this even queuable if it's better to do it by yourself? Yeah, like like it was easier for me to solo it on a healer than it was to have a full party with a correct party composition because they just gave the bosses way too much HP. You're just in the fight forever. And these are on fully geared, fully fleshed out characters. And they took forever on the normal difficulty, like the mechanics or whatever. But it was just the HP of these fucking things. They had too much fucking HP. The scaling was so bad. And then there's just also no reason to do it like at all. We're supposed to be getting a new dungeon of that soon i pray to god they're giving us some kind of reward to do it because I, I cannot overstate this enough there is zero zero reason to do it zero like we we were all convinced that like oh yeah well you know the relic step will probably have to grind this so let's not get burnt out on it for one i don't see how you can get burnt out on it because like you don't have to do it for any reason but then the relic step there's there's nothing there either like normally relic steps this is what they do with relic steps they feed it to older content in order to make the older areas of the game seem more alive or they use it to fill in queues of content that doesn't get a lot of queues. So like older alliance raids that need a lot of people, but that don't get queues too often. They'll say, oh, well, for this relic step, you now need to queue into this so many times to get some kind of material for your relic. And then boom, everybody's queuing into that. So people that had a hard time getting it before can now get cues for it. And so it's how they revitalize old content. And so we were all convinced that, you know, oh, we're gonna have to do the 80 
uh, alliance raids and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, no, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything for this relic. What a joke. What an absolute fucking joke. Uh, again, this is like kind of subjective, but this is like uh, an opinion that I'm seeing a lot. This isn't just me. This is like in discussions that I'm reading and seeing and that I'm talking to people in, in the guild and in my raid group. It's that like even the content that we're getting that we're expected to be getting. So like we know when we're getting new raids, we know when we're getting new trials. The content that we're getting hasn't been very good either. So the bare the bare minimum of shit that we're getting that we know is coming has not been very good. The raids this expansion have been pretty shit. There's only been a couple of fights that have actually been fun. Um, and this isn't the context really doesn't matter for anybody. But I would say uh, P2 and P5 have been like the most fun fights this expansion uh, rate in the raid series. Um, and then trials have been also hit or miss like um, I don't remember the numbers for this, but like Barbariccia was a really fun trial. But then the rest have kind of been shit. And the issue with trials comes down to reward structure again. So the reason you do trials is because they drop mounts that you have to roll on. Um, and whenever they first release, the mount drop rate is pretty low. It's pretty rare to get it. And the issue is that we know in subsequent patches, and especially in the next expansion, the drop rate will be buffed so high that whenever a fight comes out, it is not worth farming a trial until they buff the drop rate of that mount. So what we end up doing is that we clear the fight like once, basically, just to say that we did it whenever it was new. Or at least I like doing this. I like to say that I cleared it when it was new, whenever it has the greatest sort of challenge, if it has any challenge. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. It's very hit or miss in regards to difficulty. Um, but then there's no point in farming it when it's new because it'll just get ridiculously easy later and the drop rate will be buffed. So you have such a much better chance of actually seeing them out. And since we know that they're going to do this, there's no surprise anymore. They're on such a ridiculously regimented schedule. We know that this is going to happen. So we just wait it out. So like, just imagine like a new fight comes out and then it's like, all right, we'll do it once. Like whenever a new patch comes out, we can do all of the content in a few days and then that's it. And this is even like trying to take your time with it. The way that they have structured their patches and like the way that they pace what content releases when is really out of whack. And the biggest example of this is that the things that we'll be doing for a very long time throughout an expansion or the things that we will uh, be doing throughout the entire game's lifespan that'll outlast an expansion come late in an expansion's release. So like this patch brought us Deep Dungeon and Deep Dungeon is uh, uh, semi-randomly generated dungeons, uh, sort of kind of high difficulty. There's randomly generated traps that you can't really see and dangerous enemies and you have to go through, it's a hundred floors. And so it's sort of uh, like, I don't know if saying random or procedurally generated is the right term, but the layouts are always random, but every 10 floors, there's a boss. Um, and so this will be the third one. They skip Shadowbringers uh, because, again, they pick and choose what content we get now in each ex expansion. Uh, I know I can't say that word anymore. I've, I guess I've said it too much. And so this time we knew we were going to get a deep dungeon. Um, some people really like the content. Others don't. But uh, the group of people I play with was really looking forward to it. And so we got it. But the thing is, is that we didn't get it until the third major patch of the expansion. And not even that, we got it in a sub patch of the expansion. 
So we're at a point where they're about to start teasing the next expansion. I, why the fuck can't I say the word expansion anymore? Jesus Christ, this is my do thing. Anyway, like this expansion is basically over. There are only two major patches left and they're releasing a piece of content that we're still going to be doing past this, past Endwalker's life cycle like we still do the old deep dungeons and they waited this long to release this piece of content it's the same thing with the relics they wait so long for relics to release they release them so late in the expansion that it's like what is the point we could have used this earlier on when there was even less to do even less to do than there is currently it's their their pacing doesn't make any sense what they prioritize for things to be early on and what they prioritize for later is completely reversed of what it should be. Deep Dungeon should be something that's way earlier because we'll just keep doing it. We'll just keep doing it, especially with its random elements. The fact that it's fun, you can never know what's going to happen during a run. Like it, it, it's more varied than a lot of other pieces of content in the game. And you could just do it with any kind of party makeup. You can go in solo. You can go in with a couple people or you could go in with a uh, party four. And so you could just go in with a group of friends and see what happens. And there's not a lot of content like that. And so it lasts. It really lasts. And that's something that is severely missing right now is content that lasts. Everything is almost dead on arrival. Everything. And that's like the biggest issue right now. Um, another issue is why the fuck are raids locked still after eight months? The current raid series came out in August <laughs> and they're still locked. We're waiting for the next sub patch. Six point. What is it? Six point three eight, which it should be in another week or two. No, I think it's two weeks. I actually think it's fucking two weeks. Two weeks for them to finally unlock the raid series, which means you can go into the raids in any order and just farm the gear finally because this gear is only useful for the ultimate that came out i don't know four months ago now three months i don't whatever and they're waiting this long to unlock it whenever most people have been done with it i don't know four months ago it just doesn't make a lot of sense like there are people that like to help other people clear the content in like the party finder and everything and they can't really do that because they'll lock other people out of loot and they can't do that until they unlock the raid tier and it happens so late it happens so fucking late and it's really dumb it's really fucking dumb and 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 the issue with them like just giving us all these crumbs like we're so desperate for anything is that like any little piece of news or drama related to the game just blows up and becomes anything anybody talks about everybody is so desperate for any little thing related to the game and like y you see this whenever i talk about the game too it's like, oh, they cheated in the ultimate raid, so I got to talk about it. Or, you know, oh, the the, the weird billboard thing, so I got to talk about it. It's like any little tiny little microcosm of news. We got to talk about it because we have nothing else. We have nothing else to do because we're sure shit not playing the game because there's nothing for us to do in the fucking game. It's getting really bad and it doesn't seem to be improving with this expansion. I don't. Why can't I say that word anymore? My jaw's fucked up. Um, I don't, I don't even want to get into like, like there was like streamer static drama, a streamer decided that was like a comfy, cozy streamer played Hogwarts. And that was a big fucking deal. Uh, there's Lollafell high chairs. There's just like any little tiny thing that like the community bristles up against. is like a big fucking deal. It's just, my God, I was going to get into job balance and design. I have a, like a whole page here. I don't know. I don't even know if I want to do it. I'm just getting angry again. So part of the reason why the game feels especially dry, and maybe this won't be the case for somebody that is m slightly newer to the game, but I think this will happen to them sooner than it would have in the past. So the lack of content wouldn't have been as big of a deal 
previously, if you were trying out new jobs, trying out the other classes, and it would matter less if you were doing that same content over and over again, if you were trying to learn something new while doing it. But right now, everything kind of plays the same. So everything, I've talked about this before, everything is on uh, a two minute buff meta. And what that means is that any job that has a party buff, the cooldown is two minutes long. So everybody presses it at the same fucking time. And everybody wants to burst all of their damage in that window. So we all hold our big damage for that two minute window. And DPS jobs, most of them have an ability that gives them their gauge on either like a 60 or a two minute cooldown so they could burst within that window anyway. And so you use that in your opener and then you'll use it again two minutes later. And so even if the job is melee or ranged or whatever, you are still kind of playing the same way where you're waiting for that 60 and two minute window to come around. And it gets really boring where I'm just like, it doesn't matter what I'm playing. I'm just sort of waiting for the party buffs. I'll just like look at my bar and sort of wait. It's like, okay, there's trick attack. Okay, cool. Yep. Yep. All right. There's, there's the, there's the battle litany. Yep. Okay, cool. And then there's a searing light. Okay. Now here I go. And then it's, it's just like, <laughs> it's like the same fucking thing, no matter what I'm playing. Like I'll do, even do it on healer. Like, cause I'm just like waiting. It's like, okay. Yep. Yep. Now I'm doing slightly more damage. Okay. Yep. Here we go. Every fucking job plays that way. And it's really boring. In Shadowbringers, you had some jobs that were, some of their buffs were on three minutes and, you know, some were on two and whatever. And so that might not seem like a big variation, but it really changed the dynamic where, so the opener was a big burst of damage and then some jobs aligned on that two minute and then some aligned on the three minute. So some jobs had synergy on the three minute. And then during that six minute, that's whenever it would be the big reopener. And then you would have the big burst of damage again. So the alignment made uh, much more sense. And I know that this is like hyper optimization, whatever the fuck. But just in a moment to moment gameplay between jobs changed drastically just based off of buff windows. And right now, everything kind of plays the same. Because in order to fit DPS burst into that, They've given most of them an ability that's just like, oh, well, so you don't want to miss your burst. And like normally it takes a while to build up your big super ability. So here's a button that just gives you that super ability immediately. And it's on a 60 second cooldown. It's like, OK, well, now I can't fuck up because I have that button that just gives me my resource. OK, but then they all kind of have that <laughs> like like Reaper has it, you know, and like oh, it's really it's really it's really boring. It's really boring. Like I could pick up jobs that have like on the surface completely different identities. But then when you're kind of in it, it's like, oh, this plays the same still. Okay. Like like Red Mage, which is supposed to be a caster and Reaper shouldn't really play the same. But they do because if I hit Manification and then I hit, I don't even remember what its name is, but the Reaper version of Manification, I get the same thing out of it. Like, yeah, it's not good. And the balance has been so out of whack, this expansion. Yeah. Fuck. I'm, the balance has been so out of whack in Endwalker. There we go. That melee just do way more damage than everything else. But normally, the trade-off was that it was harder to keep melee distance in the past. And so if they had to back away from the boss, then they would lose uptime and therefore they would lose damage. 
So it would make sense that whenever they were able to hit the boss, they would do more damage. But now boss hitboxes are so fucking huge and mechanics rarely make them lose uptime that they just constantly just do really big damage with with no downside whatsoever. And the rest of the jobs suffer for it because melee just does more damage and that's it. Like just on its face. Like I, I've, I've been playing more melee jobs lately and it's kind of just stupid how much more damage they do. And me as a shit melee player, how much more damage I can do for so much less work than the rest of the jobs. It's pretty dumb. Like they just fucked over casters so hard this expansion. Like they completely changed summoner. Summoner is now like a toddler can play it. You just hit Simon Says whenever the buttons light up and you hit them and you somehow do more damage than Red Mage because Red Mage gives all the party buffs, but Red Mage has to work harder to do less damage. And Black Mage, which is the hardest caster, still does less damage than a melee, but they're weak, they can't move, and they have to sort of be coddled about where they can stand to keep casting. But melee can take more hits, have more survivability, and can kind of just stand there and keep wailing on the boss. And also have party utility now with Faint, and Reaper has a party heal every 30 seconds. Like, it's, it's dumb. It's dumb. <laughs> it's really dumb. And they don't know what they want to do with Fizz ranged either. Fizz range don't do enough damage and their party utility is eh, whatever. Like, I don't know. I don't fucking know. Their, their balance, this expansion has been really shit. It's been really shit, to be honest. Like, the, and it's bad because this was kind of solved in Shadowbringers. Like everything was pretty much fine balance wise. So I don't know why they felt whenever they crunched the numbers and I don't mean like just like calculating them. I mean, they made all the numbers smaller for Endwalker that they just decided that some jobs would just be shit permanently. So like Machinist was shit for two whole raid tiers and now it finally got buffs to be okay. And Red Mage has been shit and it's still shit and it'll probably get stupid buffs in 6.5 when the expansion is over to be okay when it won't matter anymore. Like the only thing they needed to fix going into Endwalker was the healers and they fucked up the healers even worse. And this is a great segue into the healer discussion. And I need a drink of water before I do the healer discussion. Okay, so healers. I have a, oh God, this is most of the page. I fucked up, <laughs> I fucked up. I have so much to say about healers. Okay, so I main healer and I have a lot to say about the healers. So Square, they don't know what the fuck to do with the healers. They just don't. So for Endwalker, they tried this quote unquote new thing where they were splitting the dichotomy of healers between a quote pure healer and a quote barrier healer and this was a mistake and it's also mostly untrue because three out of the four healers can apply regen burst and mitigation and the only healer that really doesn't provide mitigation is white mage like they have one ability that has party wide mitigation and it's on a two minute cooldown whereas the rest of the healers can almost provide on-demand mitigation. Like Astro has to work for it, but it can still be done. But barrier healers are too strong is what it comes down to because in most cases, mitigation is way more important than either burst healing and especially regen. Regen is just kind of shit. Um, like you will have turbo nerds say that uh, regen heals are more efficient. And yeah, sure. If you like look at the calculations and you actually just wait for the regen to tick. Yeah, it's more efficient. But in the time it takes a regen heal to top up the party, 
you can just burst and shield heal like any damage received and the shields will last so long that it'll probably cover the next incoming attack as well. Uh, it's really stupid because in 6.0, they made shields apply instantly, whereas before they had to server tick around the entire party to apply. Um, and so this also applies to shields that come from any source. So tank shields also do this. And so they will just always be faster than regen. Just always. They're instant. They're just there immediately. And shields last longer than regens. So like mitigation is so strong and works at preventing damage that there are like so many fucking instances where proper mitigation from healers and tanks and also sometimes the DPS with addle or faint or something else will like result in just no healing being needed. You can just mitigate through entire attacks and the healer doesn't have to do shit. And there's a job that their only job is to pure heal. So there's often nothing for them to do except DPS. And so if healers barely have to heal and when they do heal, it's all through off global cooldowns. And those are abilities that are weaved in between spells on the normal uh cooldown timer. I'm trying to explain this like verbally so it makes sense, but this probably works best visually. Um, so off GCDs are attacks that are weaved in between the normal global cooldown or like regular attacks and spells. And this mostly means attacks. So healers spend most of their time attacking, which sounds odd, but that's how it works in Final Fantasy 14. And so if they're spending most of their time DPSing, you'd think they'd have a DPS rotation, but healers don't. <laughs> they just... Healers spam one button, and then every 30 seconds, they get to hit a second button to apply their damage over time ability. Um, and then sometimes they get to press a third button that looks really cool. Looks like they did a ton of damage, but it's actually damage neutral, which just means that it's neither an increase or decrease in damage. And it's, they have to like build that up, usually through healing. And so you have to actually work to not do more damage as a healer. Um, but like this dichotomy between a pure healer and a barrier healer is really dumb when the one class of healer has access to all types of heals, but the other type is locked out of a certain type of heal. Like ideally, all healers could do all types of healing in the same way that all tanks can be a main tank or an off tank. This is something that they fixed for tanks in Shadowbringers, and it worked out really, really well. Tanks were the most balanced they've ever been in Shadowbringers, and it was great. They added a new tank, so there was four, and all tanks could off or main tank. It worked out great. Um, and so if all healers could do all types of healing, this wouldn't be an issue. And that healer actually existed, and it was Astrologian. So Astrologian pre-Endwalker was able to either be a shield healer or a regen healer through the use of uh, an ability called Sects. They had... Uh, either Nocturnal Sect or Diurnal Sect. And these were basically stances that changed what some abilities applied. Uh, it either applied a shield or a regen based on whatever sect they were in. And the stance could only be changed out of combat. So once a fight began, the Astro was either a shield Astro or a regen Astro. And it worked just fine. So like there were only three healers at the time. And so Astro could kind of become that fourth with its dual stance gameplay and so like if you queued into something and there were two astros one could take the shield stance and one could take the regen and it was like you had two different healers and their heals didn't overlap each other and it worked out great um and like if you crunch the numbers or whatever you know regen astro was technically more efficient but i i played a lot of both and i would say nocturnal astro which was the shield version played better just the way that uh its gameplay flowed 
and like uh nocturnal collective unconscious which is it's like sort of bubble uh worked but it was a much better version basically because it applied uh 10 mitigation for like 20 seconds it was really good um so th this worked, and so, of course, Square took it away whenever they added a fourth healer and did this weird dichotomy. Um, and I, I genuinely think that, like, pre-6.0 Astro should be the blueprint for healer design where they can accomplish both styles of healing depending on the situation. Because current shield healers can basically already do this. They have access to regen abilities. They can shield on demand. They have they have way too much burst healing. Like, uh, scholars, not as much, but they have more mitigation. But sages with, like, Numa and just, like, healing throughput can just burst heal to, like, no end. It's really dumb. Um, but regen healers are sort of lacking in this. Like, Astro can have shields, but on a two-minute cooldown, and they kind of have mitigation with Collective Unconscious. But White Mage is the one that's, like, really lacking because it just can't... It doesn't have shields. So if White Mage sort of had the dual stance and they sort of gave Astro its sects back, it would probably work out fine, like, for all healers involved. There might be, have like reconfigure a few things on the the current shield healers but like i don't think it would be that big of a deal to be honest with you um and like some team comps like at the high end actually favor two shield healers just because the mitigation is like that ridiculous but that's explicitly not the vision that square wanted and aside from forcing a strict lock like they do with dps comps where you have to have at least one melee one fizz ranged and one caster where you have to definitely have one shield healer and one regen i don't see what they would do other than like remedy this through the job design um but yeah healers are not in a good spot not only like is their balance just wonky with the shield regen thing but they're just not fun to play. Like trying to get a healer for something is like pulling teeth. And like <laughs> healers are just miserable. They're just miserable. We're miserable. Healers are not fun to play. It is not fun to play healer currently. Um, I did have some correspondence with my uh, Eorzean representative. Um, I just want to see if they had any other thoughts, things that I'm missing. Um, here we go. I think my biggest complaint, this is a quote from from them. I think my biggest complaints really come down to the disrespect of my money and time invested into the fucking game. Uh, the Mog Station, which is like the cash item shop, uh, has started to bother me significantly more when I think about how much money I spend buying the base game plus a sub in general compared with the lack of content. Um, oh, and then with the uh, the rumor that the store is actually okay because it isn't pay to win and also the money goes directly back into the game. So yeah, this is a thing that gets spread a lot in the community. Is that... Um, no, 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 no. It's fine that we're buying all these cosmetics on the cash shop because it's going directly into Final Fantasy 14 itself. And there's there's I'm not going to name names, but there are some content creators that spread this directly and they have no way of knowing this for one thing. And two, that's not how businesses work. I guarantee you that Square Enix is not like that. Go, that money goes to Square Enix proper, not Final Fantasy 14. Like that's not how businesses work. <laughs> it's really naive to think that. The money that uh, Final Fantasy fourteen makes definitely all goes gets put back into Final Fantasy fourteen. That, that just that's just not how it works. Like Final Fantasy fourteen is a cash cow. It funds a lot of what Square Enix is able to do, and that's the true for any game that sells well. 
like the Final Fantasy VII remakes will will sell astronomic numbers. And that not all that development money goes to like the next installment of Final Fantasy VII Remake, you know, like that. That's just not how businesses operate. Like that's it, it's really it's really like almost childlike to think that um, um, the drastic step down in content in Endwalker. Um, and yeah, like they haven't even said that they like that 7.0 will have more content than what we're seeing now. The only thing that they've talked about is that there's going to be a graphical overhaul. And this is actually something that is currently missing right now. They said in the lead up to 7.0 and, you know, maybe this is still forthcoming or whatever, that there would be graphical improvements that we would see in game before 7.0 hit. And I took this and I think some other people took this to mean throughout the current patches that we would see improvements along the way to 7.0. And I don't think that's born fruit yet. So that's something that is also currently missing. But maybe they meant closer to 7.0 unsure but that is also some mixed messaging that's going on um oh yeah we're we're also missing um the female version of a playable race that was supposed to come at some point nobody knows where it is they stopped talking about it um i guarantee you they're going to use it as a selling point for 7.0 where you have to buy that expansion in order to get access to it even though it's been promised for a very long time now i can't pinpoint exactly when but they've sort of been like dangling it in the background like shiny keys and people ask about it and they don't they, they stop talking about it um oh yeah this uh reminded me um like I, the fact that i have to use a plugin uh a, a technically an illegal against tos third-party plugin to be able to use controller on the game uh is really bad especially whenever it's an issue that they know about because it's been posted extensively on the official forums and it only got worse in Endwalker. So there's just a lot of little things like that. This has been the expansion with the most bugs that I've ever seen. Um, compared to a lot of other games, it's still very minimal, but like this is the expansion with the most downtime, the most emergency maintenance, the most hot fixes that the game has ever needed, uh, the most major bugs in fights that we've ever seen. Um, it's a lot. It's a lot for them. Sorry if I'm kind of all over the place. I'm sort of going through a conversation here just to see if there's anything I missed. Um, overall clunkiness in the UI, like the friends list is basically unusable. The, the amount of time it takes to load in your friends list, even if you have a very minimal one and get your jokes ready now, but I like don't have a lot of people on the friends list, mostly because it doesn't work properly, but it'll take a very long time to load in the friends list. And then people that are off server or uh, like are visiting another server will not load in and you have to manually try to load in each individual friend. It's very clunky. Um, your blacklist doesn't work properly. Like if you blacklist somebody, they can keep applying to your guild, even though you're on, they're on your blacklist, even if you're the owner of the guild, just like weird shit like that. Uh, they could like keep sending in hateful messages through a, a guild application. Just, just really wonky systems like that, that they have not updated in forever. Uh, and when they do update systems like the achievement system, the UI is like garbo. It's like really bad and worse than what we had before. Like, I don't think people even know that they're you like grab achievement items through the achievement UI. And so they just like have not claimed certain rewards or titles or whatever and don't even know that that's a thing. I think I've covered I think I've covered most of what we wanted to talk about. But um, it, it's just it's just not a good state right now. Like. The thing is, is that we want to play the game and maybe it's sunk cost fallacy or maybe it's the fact that we have digital real estate in the game, which means that we have to keep our subs 
going, whatever. Um, but we like the game, you know. I, I I know they're not going to return it to the way that it was in Stormblood with the way that job design was. Uh, but like the fact that we get less content for the same price uh sucks. <laughs> it sucks. And they're never going to admit this, but like, I really, really hope that this is due to Final Fantasy 16 development. I really do. I really hope that this means that they pulled a lot of devs away to finish up 16. Because if not, then this is this is rough shit. It's rough. It really is. The fact that there's less content and when they do add content, it's kind of shit. Like I didn't even touch on Island Sanctuary, which is... Like I kept, I keep calling it anti-content because it's so nothing that it's like basically just a UI interface that you check once a week for some, some rewards and then you ignore it for the next week or when you remember that it exists. Just, just really bad. Like they made a whole island for it and then made a system where you never have to interact with the island. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's anti-content. It's, it's, it's a system that doesn't want you to interact with the game or the world in any way. It's, it sucks. It's, it really sucks. It's like such a disappointment from what we thought that Island Sanctuary could or would be. I know people thought it was going to be housing. I never, uh, thought it would be housing, but I thought it would might be some kind of like more involved gardening or something like that, at least like people had in their heads like you know animal crossing immediately and it's it's not that it's not anything close to that it's just it's just shit it's really bad um and like the criterion dungeons were another dud so like the sort of like swings that they took for like the new style of content this this time around or just fell completely flat just completely flat um yeah it, it it's the game is not in a good place right now and we're all kind of praying that 7.0 has changes but if history is any guide we're going to get even less than what we've got now and it's like well why do we keep why do we keep doing this <laughs> why do we keep doing this so um but yeah i i think i think i got most of what i need to get off my chest so this is a different kind of episode um i don't think i need to touch on 14 for a good while and i'm sorry if this is not uh the borrow line from Austin Powers in your bag, baby. But I, I, need, I needed to get another episode out and I had been planning to do this anyway. Um, so thank you for sticking around, sticking out with me. Uh, I, I should be back on the schedule, although I do have to get some more teeth pulled. I have to get the rest of my wisdom teeth out. So hopefully that doesn't impact things too much. And maybe before that happens, I can record some other episodes and just like get them ready to roll and scheduled to go out. So I will try my best to do that. Um, but I appreciate you listening, especially if you made it all the way to the end here after me just, just going hard on Square Enix. And um, yeah, you can you can follow and all that kind of shit. Check out the Kofi page where I uh, sell books and shit like that. Uh, you could toss a dollar, whatever. And, um, anything else? No, I got nothing. I got fucking nothing. I gotta get out of here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> teeth suck. I'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>